everyone. Welcome back to the Sisterhood Society podcast. And you can see if you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, that we have a special guest today, our friend Court. Hello. So we'll dive in really quick into um, Courtney's intro and everything. But the first thing that we do, Court, on this episode is we tell everyone something that's good in our life. So I'll let you go last because okay, good. on the spot. <laughs> so um, yes, we have a special guest. Courtney is a dear friend of mine and my sisters are um, very quickly or have very quickly fallen in love with you. And everyone I talk to about you now wants to be your friends. I feel like I've, um, I've spread the good news of Courtney. The feeling is so mutual. I love you guys. <laughs> I feel like I'm part of your family. I think everybody does, but everybody. I'm like, oh, we're all best friends, right? Even though yeah. I only actually know Kate. <laughs> well, you you did meet Whitney in a Walgreens parking lot. I did. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. Wow, that's so silly of me. It was a memorable <laughs> meeting. <laughs> and it was so windy that day. Like, it was so weird. Yeah, I almost blew away. That was tough. Yes. Well, you know what? We'll introduce everyone um, to you because otherwise um, it'll just be this lingering thought. Like, who is this beautiful? Uh, do you call, Do you consider yourself a redhead? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would say that's a very like proud thing to claim. It just so depends. Funny. There's a stigma. <laughs> I've I've I'd learned to, to be redhead. It. I've learned to own it more as I got older. But when I was young, I was like any other hair color, please. Like I just hated it. And like old women would stop me in the grocery store parking lot and be like, "Never dye your hair," and I would be like, "This is my plight. I just." <laughs> I've sworn to many strangers that I'm not allowed to dye my hair, even if I want to. Have you ever? No. Oh, wow. It, I did really- highlights in high school. I did blonde highlights because that was super cool. But Ooh, yeah. Did you ever <laughs> did you ever have friends that did like the old black on the bottom? Of course. Blonde on yes. top. I always thought like, man, it's nice that they can do that. But I would never <laughs> like my my parents would literally never let us. Plus, I already had pretty much black hair. So yeah. it was like, what's the point? You don't need to do um, that. Yeah. Right. Mom and dad would have killed us. <laughs> it was well, first of all, going from this dark to blonde is literally impossible. That's and I, I tried to do a little balayage situation in my mid 20s. And when I look back at the pictures, I just it's so bad. Like it always goes photos, please. Yeah, I will. It's it's like if you scroll on the Instagram far enough, you would find it. But they are like um it was like one good day of blonde, and the next time I washed it, it's like orange. (laughs) Yeah, it it turned very uh golden yellow, like marigold, golden rod. It's like very brassy, like and that's because girls with dark as hair of me as me go like red or warm and the oh, wow. hair gets red in the sun. Yeah. So I, I'm like a fourth redhead basically. <laughs> yeah, <you> kind of more. <laughs> so in we circle so, back. <laughs> Your name is Courtney and who are you? the story. <laughs> so give us a little intro about yourself. Oh yes. Uh my name is Courtney, as we all know. I am a postpartum personal chef, which is why we're really here in in the first place. But um, my like actual official title is I'm a certified natural chef and I own a business in Nashville that um, nourishes new mamas Mm. postpartum for the first six weeks. We're in their home cooking them, hopefully delicious food. (laughs) 
who knows? Um, and yeah, I'm a mom. I'm a mom of soon to be two and my dog, mm-hmm. uh, who's the love of my life. And my husband uh, tours playing bass for a country artist. And yeah, that's love that's that. the summary. Love that. <laughs> I'm excited okay, to be here. So we have some questions prepped for you, but um, before that, we'll ask Whitney, what is her good? Yes. Um, my good. So I've been kind of sick lately, um, which is not good, but what what it has allowed me to do is read a lot of books. Like Mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot of downtime Mm -hmm. because I've just been feeling so crappy. So I have read some really great books and actually our Patreon gals, Patreon girlies, I'm going to be making a video. I made one, but I'm going to refilm it because I have read since read a lot of really good ones. Oh so gosh. I want to have those in. But I don't even know like, what these books are. Like I'm interested yeah. in this Patreon. <laughs> I've just been like reading books right and left, like literally zooming through them. And I listen to them too, while I do my web work during the day, which has also helped. Whereas before I didn't really, I mean, I could, but I couldn't. Um, and so that has helped me kind of speed read through some but I have some really good ones, especially for my fantasy gals. I've got a lot of really good fantasy ones. So I know you've got to save the content for the Patreon girlies, but is there one like top of list that we need to hear about? Okay. So the one that I'm currently reading, she's like, <laughs> I'm so excited. So the one that I'm currently reading is called Heavenly Bodies. Okay. And it is about this, this uh, girl who is technically a princess but this star so there's like these stars that are like gods um there's like 13 of them one of them was a fallen star and came down and killed her parents and so she was supposed to take back over her kingdom but she couldn't kill this star so she had to flee so she went to a neighboring kingdom which turns out they they gave her um asylum and there's just so much stuff that goes down like it's such a big book i am 50 percent through but i am like i'm like this is so good it's already one of my like top faves are you pre-grieving so, the end of it i already am yeah actually i'm i'm really sad it's just like it, it's a slow it's got like a slow burn subplot and um i think it's more of a ya if i well i don't know young adults so I like those better because they're not like this is made for just sexual content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not why I'm here. I'm here for the story and the adventure and I, a semi like romance subplot. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly what it's giving me. So I'm here for it. Um and I will tell more. <laughs> Heavenly Bodies. I made a note. Thank you. Heavenly Bodies and it's by Hold on. The name is interesting. I, so I can't remember it. It is by Image. Image. That's the person's name. <laughs> yes. But it's just a one word like share. A publisher or no? Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It is. is just Image. <laughs> Sorry. Imani Irayu. I am mispronouncing that. Imani is very different than Image. Looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, 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 okay. Imani. So, Got it. It's so good though. I'm I'm loving every every piece of it. I just want to apologize really quickly. Uh Kate, I don't know if you're having this downpour right now, but if y'all can hear the monsoon outside, I'm so it's, sorry. 
sunny over here. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Cool. But it has been raining on and off all day for the past two days, which is really annoying because we wanted to set up the summer where we were going to like work half days, like, and then come back and do a couple hours in the evening so we could go to the pool. And I thought about doing that yesterday or today, but both days it's rained. And then tomorrow I'm off for my birthday and it's supposed to rain tomorrow too. (gasps) I'm wearing my shirt inside out. It's fine. We're just going to keep going with it, but my shirt, you can see the buttons are not visible. They're, can you see that? Oh, wow. Anyways. Well, my good good (laughs) is, I'm trying to think, I do have, I feel like my birthday, like I've had really good birthdays in the past. The last couple of years have been really crummy and um, just from like different life circumstances that have made them not as great. And probably my last like really good birthday was my 30th. And so tomorrow Phil's gone. And so I was like trying to think, I mean, the only thing that would make it like really great is if he was home. Cause it just stinks to be yeah. alone on your birthday. Um, but I do have like some like tentative plans. Like one, I'm going to a dozen with Brit and Sam and Eleanor at like, we're going right after Eleanor wakes up. So we're going at like seven and then, um, I'm going to go to Parnassus because I have Tom Hanks book, a signed copy. I got the last one and they're holding it for me. Oh my gosh. I got to go pick that up. I'm going to get myself a donut at the donut den. I'm just going to have a great little time. And then I was going to read by the pool with my mom, but if it rains, if it's like today, I'll go, but it's been really bizarre weather recently. And then my favorite restaurant, my hyperfixation of the moment is Cafe Rose. So I'm going Wednesday. I'm going tomorrow and Friday. (laughs) So that's good because I have things going on that'll keep me busy. And honestly, it's crazy because he's gone until July 8th. And I feel like I literally have something going on almost not every day, but like, I just have a lot going on until he gets home, which helps. I just have to make it through the rest of this month, which then my sisters are coming for the fourth and then he's home on the eighth. So I feel like that will help pass the time. And then as soon as he gets home, we have to go meet our nephew in Atlanta. So it's lots of fun, little changes happening in our life, which is great. Okay, so we're going to get into the actual internet internet interview portion of this with Courtney. So Courtney has a very interesting job, obviously, like you said. I feel like, first of all, I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. She never got to say her good. <laughs> yeah, duh. Okay, what's your good? Sorry. Wow. Rocky, then- my good. <laughs> um, my good is this, obviously. This is oh. like a major highlight of my week. Um, but also, I've had like a killer busy week and it's um I've just gotten to a season of life where like when I get really busy I am like I can't do this but it's actually so good for me because it reminds me that I really can do it and I used to be infinitely busier and like absolutely blow out every gasket so it's just a good reminder that like oh you have like so many more hours in the day you are capable of so much more than you think and yeah it's like an empowering busy do you know that like balance Can I give you a compliment before we start? Wow. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, yes. So, you know, the Enneagram and how everyone has like their number or whatever, because you're a four, correct? Yeah. So I used to be really intimidated by fours because I felt like I didn't understand them. I'm actually most intimidated by eights. 
Mm-hmm. Like me and eights are, cause usually eights are very aggressive personalities and being a two, you usually like when you're around a lot of strong personalities, you tend to like kind of cower in the background, which is totally not my personality type, but like someone who's like really aggressive with their words and stuff usually makes me nervous. But you and my friend Rachel and Parker are all fours. And I feel like what I've learned from you the most is that you guys are very, um, generous with your words and the way that you have to like give peace through the way that you speak is like unmatched uh, like from majority of my friends like there's things that you have said to either like encourage me or like change perspective that I like have held on to in the past like year of getting to know you on a closer level that I feel like like I've actually written them down in my phone and I feel like you have a way with not only just encouragement, but the way that you phrase things to give like really great perspective in life that I really like cherish. So yeah. That's- and that's <laughs> the end of the podcast. Cause that's all I needed. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. That is just like truly so generous of you to say. And I mean, with Parker, it makes sense because it's her job to use words. So right. like, yeah. of course, but with me that, I mean, that's like incredibly very kind. I think like probably one of my chosen like giving love languages is words of encouragement. So the fact that I'm not terrible at it is very ironically encouraging to me. So thank you. You're welcome. You said something to me on the phone the other night and I literally texted to my sisters after and I was like, and then Courtney said this. (laughs) (laughs) There's been so many times where like, we're looking for like a glimmer of hope or something that we're praying over. And then like you speak something and then I text it and then they're like, okay, that was the word we needed. And it's like become from the vehicle of Courtney so many times. That's been so like uplifting. Truly. Thank you. So I was going to say, I don't know any chefs, but we do have a chef. That's a cousin. So we do know one other chef. (laughs) Yeah. But um, it is such an unusual job or something that I feel like you don't come by very often. It's kind of like our husbands. As soon as someone finds out you're a traveling musician, they're like, tell me everything. Like what's backstage like? Like you just, it's one of those jobs that has like a lot of like uh, pomp and circumstance maybe around it in people's minds because it's so different. So I think the main question I want to know is, especially with the field that you got into, how did you pivot? Because you started in personal chef like chefing, right? Is chefing a word? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I use it as such. Okay. So so you started in people's homes, just doing chefing for families, correct? And then you pivot. Yeah. So my culinary school, like focus was, I went to a therapeutic culinary school. So it was all about like the healing nature of food in general. And so when I came back to Nashville, I was like, oh, I'm just going to start doing this for people. And, um, your question was, how did I go from that to postpartum? Is that correct? Well, yeah. So I guess like your journey in chef, chefhood in general, because it started where you were passionate yeah. about cooking for families, correct? Yeah. yeah. So I, it honestly like had its season of being very fulfilling, but it also was a season of burning the candle at both ends. Right always saying yes, because I was like, that's how you build a business. You have to say yes to every single opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I often found myself in circumstances where I was like, how did I get here? (laughs) And 
Totally. I think, so I don't think that the work I was doing was inherently not fulfilling, but it, it does have an air of like, you're part of somebody's house team. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, people who have like a house manager, a cleaner, a nanny, you're the maid. I mean, not the maid, you're the chef. (laughs) You're also the maid. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So it was just like, kind of, you were just like part of the noise of the household Mm -hmm. and also part of the solution to their problems. So that was always lovely. And if nothing else, I knew that I was in their home imbuing that like environment with wellness and, you know, like I'm a believer. So I'm like praying over the food. I had clients who were, you know, battling cancer. Those were really powerful moments. Mm -hmm. Um, but more often than not, it just felt a little bit thankless to be honest. And selfishly, that was hard on me. Mm-hmm. And not every job is a really like gratiating job, but I just, yeah, I think personally, I was like, I'm busting my butt to kind of feel mostly unappreciated and massively underpaid. And that was my fault. That was nobody else's fault. Going back to the thankless comment because of the fact that like they think it's a luxury thing. So they're like, well, I'm spending all this money. So it's like, if you think it's thankless almost because it becomes like an expectation. Yeah. It's kind of just, I mean, eating is just in, in, in the normal, like day-to-day life, mm-hmm. I think eating food is just kind of like, this is a part of my day that I need to do. Right. Just like going to the bathroom or getting dressed for the day, you know, like, so you're just part of that cog in the machine that like gets them through their day and they're appreciative, but it's definitely like, it's when I contrast it to postpartum, I think it'll like make a lot more sense. Um, but yeah, it's, and like, that's not to say that my clients weren't lovely and grateful. It was, it's just literally a night and day. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I think I had my pay stubs from back then and including my part-time job as a barista, I think I made $12,000 one year and I was like working so hard. Nowadays, you couldn't survive in Nashville and do that, but I was living in the basement of a house that was like full of spiders and like living my best best life. And I finally was like, I really think I need to put this to rest. Like I feel unhealthy. I feel um, exhausted and I'm done. And this was without anything on the horizon. So I didn't go from personal chefing to postpartum. Actually, I went from personal chefing to a marketing and social media job. Yeah. I was like, peace. I'm like, no sadness, no regret. I just had burnt myself out so hard that I was like, good riddance. And, um, and I just needed stability. And it was so lovely because I had, I got married a few months later and we had this like stable source of income. I had flexibility where I could travel with him on occasion and it was perfect for that season. And then, um, I actually remember like very vividly this moment and I can say it to y'all. I don't think I can say it to everybody because sometimes it gets misconstrued and God doesn't get the glory, which is the whole point. But I was sitting on the couch and I literally remember the moment that the Holy Spirit was like, this idea is now in your head. Like it went from like blah, blah, blah to like revelation. And it it was kind of in the middle of a season where a lot of my friends were having their first, second, third babies. And I was doing meal trains for everybody. Like just kind of you like you normally would, not because I'm a 
kind person. Just like yeah. when your good friends have babies, you sign up for the meal train. Right. <laughs> so um, I was dropping food off to a friend and she was like, oh, this is so, this is so lovely. This is the first home cooked meal we've had since we had the baby and the baby had been home for like two and a half weeks. And I was like, uh, what have you been eating? <laughs> what do you mean? And they were like, oh, you know, like just mostly like Postmates and Uber Eats and takeout. Like that's what's the, that, what, that's what the meal train is. Right. And first of all, never like being ungrateful for anybody's generosity in that way, because that is like above and beyond and so generous and kind. But with my background, I was like, knowing what you've been through, and I don't even know that much, but I know some, um, I feel like you probably need a specific nourishment. Right. And so I ordered this book called The First 40 Days, which is extremely inspiring. If you haven't read it, it is like so encouraging and lovely. And it's based on ancient traditions and how they nourished people for, you know, a bunch of generations Mm -hmm. with food postpartum and how it's just part of how they support people. And so I was just reading it for fun and to be a good friend and like my passion for healthy cooking and nourishment never really went away. Mm -hmm. So through that whole season was when I felt like the Lord was like, this is a need. This is your skill here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is I'm laughing about the meal train comment because being from the Midwest, there was no takeout. Like it was casseroles and yes. onions yep. and like ice cream sandwiches or like <laughs> bars. Like it was like, you're eating good and you're eating full fats, lots yeah. of carbs. You're That's right. Um, but it was never, it was never takeout. Like it was so much, like, <laughs> like they would never <laughs> No, but Tara, um, well, I don't know about Whitney, but I just remember being at Tara's house when Brecken was born. And I just remember being like, this is awesome. Cause I'm also benefiting from the meal train. Cause it yes. was like a different meal every night. And it was like the best homemade Midwest we've ever had. And then you're getting like Texas sheet cake. I mean, there's always a dessert too. And it's like, it's true. um, But it was always like, they'd always make things too, that could be frozen. Yeah. If you didn't want it that night, you could freeze it and then you can make it later. But yeah, they, the Midwestern gals, they do not well, and it's funny too, because in Nashville, like I remember when the Moklers had a baby and we were neighbors at the time, I remember specifically saying like, I'm sure you're not getting a lot of healthy options. And one of them had, or they both had like allergy, whatever, you know? And so I remember being like, I'm going to do like grilled chicken and a salad. And like, I like made a homemade dressing. Cause I was thinking like, if this person is wanting to eat something that actually like feels good, you know, you don't want to just like constantly get pickup. Yeah. But the also, if, if you live in a big city, which this is not afforded to a lot of people, like I remember when our best friends, Britt and Sam had a baby, their like meal train was like um, bar taco, urban market and uh, true food. Cause those are like super healthy options, yeah. Yeah. which again, like those are not places that like everybody has access to. So no. it is interesting how that's changed too. Cause some moms would say like, well, I'm gluten-free and then someone that's picking up for them or trying to make something for them is like, what do I do with a dairy-free mom? Like I don't cook that way. So it's become more difficult. I think as time has gone on. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think as people have like become more exposed to that kind of stuff, they've had to learn how to like navigate it. But even like in my own family, when my brother and sister went gluten-free, dairy-free, my mom, I remember her like kind of reworking our entire like spectrum of family recipes we usually draw from. And she was like, ah, where do I start? And she's figured it out brilliantly and everything still tastes great and all of that. But yeah, it's, there's a lot of like reworking the brain that people either don't have time for, don't have energy for, don't have capacity for. Right. So I want to talk about the layout of what your business looks like. And at the end, I just want to preface this before that there is an ebook that Courtney has come out with. So if you're like listening to this whole episode thinking this is great, but I can't I can't experience Courtney in any or Poor Lemaire in any way. You actually can. So we'll get to that at the very end um, because she's now shared her secrets with the world. And we, you actually mentioned this on social, which I think is really special, which again, we can talk about at the end. But you actually said a lot of people that are buying the ebook with some of your recipes are doing it in a way to be able to make meals for friends that have had babies, which I think is so cool. Yeah. I I need to run the numbers and like see what the actual statistics are. But we have just like a little two question quiz, uh, not quiz, survey before people get to like fully check out and get their product. And um, one of them asked like, why are you purchasing this ebook? And it's like, I'm a new mom looking for recipes. I'm cooking for a new mom or other. And I mean, I could be totally wrong, but it feels like 50, 50 between I'm a new mom or I'm cooking for a new mom, which is insane and so encouraging. It's so encouraging. Well, and it's funny because I wouldn't even have thought about it marketing that way, but that's actually even smarter because, you know, there's a lot more people looking to do that than probably currently pregnant women at the second. So, and it's so cool to see how selfless like people are wanting to, oh, how do I nourish a mom in the best way that I can? Um, Okay. So my next question is, I want you to tell us a little bit about like your actual job and day-to-day and like, what did you discover was the most nourishing and what are like the key things that you incorporate in your cooking to actually like rehabilitate a a woman who's postpartum? Hang on. Key things day-to-day. There was one other thing. Do you remember? Um, What's your day-to-day? And then um, what was my last question, Whitney? Oh, the key things that I incorporate. Oh, yes. That you found have been the most nourishing as you're rehabilitating. If I don't touch on something that you wanted me to say, let me know. But I I will say one funny thing I mentioned to you, Kate, and Whit, this is just like something I never saw coming when I got into this line of work is that um, I would say 50% of my brain power goes to logistics Mm -hmm. because you can't plan on when a baby's going to show up and you never, ever want to make somebody feel like they already have so much pressure on them from maybe their provider, their care provider or their family or the schedule or, you know, whatever. Right. And so I didn't realize like, oh, well, this person's baby was born two weeks late. This person's baby was born three weeks early. And I also had this person whose baby was born right on time. And it's the perfect storm. It happens all the time. It happens consistently. It's like almost always the perfect storm. So that I would say is actually a large part of my day-to-day like mental energy is like, okay, we've got Jessica just had her baby, but Sarah, you know, yeah, that is like a major part of this job that I truly like never (laughs) realized. And then I have a team of two to three chefs under me now as well. And so like, 
I'll be like, okay, I'll put Renee with this person, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a big part of the job. But um, <laughs> in terms yeah. of like, let's say I have a mama and like, she's approved the menu, my day-to-day, like in the most idyllic sense looks like, you know, building her menu according to her healing priorities. Like maybe she tore and like wants tissue healing. Maybe she had a C-section, maybe this is her second child. And like breastfeeding was really hard last time. So like, she may have told me all of those things. So I take those things into account. I take her preferences into account. And then I take our like kind of overarching pillars of nourishment into account. And I build a menu specifically for her and I send it to her for approval And, you know, I'm always like, if you don't have time for this, just give it a thumbs up. Like, please don't worry about like reading the whole write up about every dish. But some people get so much out of that experience. Right. I send them the menu. They approve it. I shop the menu and then I show up and I cook the food and I stock the fridge. And one element I really wanted to incorporate because it feels so much, it just feels like so much more is like making a hot lunch for the mom. So I'll usually try to like check in with her and see like, are you taking a nap? Is the baby taking a nap? When are they feeding next? And like, when would be a good time for me to like bring everything together, make a hot bowl of food and a tea for you and like hand it off to you so that you can like really be present in that moment. Cause a lot of the times, like it's, you're like balancing a baby right here and eating a bowl of soup like this, you know? Yep. Or like shoving an energy bite in your mouth. So it's, it's feels like a nice practice to be able to be like, while I'm here, I can ensure that you have at least one meal that mm-hmm. feels really intentional and where you can focus, even if just for five to 10 minutes before, because I swear the baby knows that you're sitting down to eat. Like mm-hmm. the mom sits down at the counter, I hand her the food and they're like, what? And I'm like, dang it. So really just like fighting for that five minutes, even for them to be able to have that moment of like peace and nourishment. And like, really, I do see postpartum nourishment as a self-care for them because, you know, you're lucky if you get a shower. So this is a way for them to be like, I am worthy. I know all the focus is on the baby, but I actually still matter. I'm still a human with needs and I'm going to acknowledge those needs and take care of myself. Okay. Um, That's exactly, exactly why. I am obsessed with you because all three of my pregnancies, like you just have no idea because you've never gone through it before. And then when you have the baby, like you're going to the doctor literally like once a week for like two months straight or whatever at the very end. And then as soon as you have the baby, then you come in like six weeks later, they like check like they'll remove your staples or whatever. If you had a C-section like me, or they'll like double check that like you're okay. And then you literally don't see them ever again. And I'm like, where's the postpartum follow-up? Like I had such horrible depression, but like my like 10 question questionnaire, I like lied on it because I didn't want to look like a bad mom. (laughs) I was going through like extremely hard uh, postpartum depression and anxiety. And like, I just muscled my way through it. And had I like known anything about like postpartum nourishment and like how to like nourish my body. And like I, for my second one, I encapsulated my placenta, which my doctor was like, "Mm, you probably shouldn't do that. But I was like, no, I'm doing this because I know what hell I went through and I'm going to try this. And it helped me a hundred percent. So like, 
I that's why I'm so obsessed with this topic. I'm obsessed with the fact of like gaining more knowledge, like the more you know. And I just feel like it's people like you that have like such a strong ministry that we need to like shout from the rooftops because it it like is so vital, mm-hmm. especially for even just like mental health. Yeah. Because I remember getting home with Riv and yeah, we had like the meal train and stuff, but there was like some people that I actually didn't really know. And I just felt really uncomfortable in my body with the new baby. The depression was setting in and I just sat there and I stared at my mom and she's like, it'll get better. (laughs) And I was like, I'm holding on to that because it there. Yeah. And had like, and my mom was there too. She was like helping cook meals and stuff. And, but like, had I taken the time to like look into nourishment and things like that, you just don't, it, you're literally just thinking about surviving and like making sure you're taking care of your baby and like moms for sure from the birth forward, get put on the back burner. And like, this is so huge. So I, for one, am so jazzed about all of this. (laughs) I love it. I'm, I'm so like, thank you for those words. And also like, I'm sorry, it was such a hard first experience. And you just, like you said, you just don't really have the support. And I think what really fired me up to begin this is that we are actually one of the only cultures that really like kind of fails the mom super hard. And I don't need to get into that like too much, but when I learn about the ways that other cultures really like are there. They like lean in so hard and have just like, even in their, their actual systems, they're like, just set up. Like a midwife comes to check on you every day for 45 days after, like, you don't go to the, you don't go to the doctor. You're not taking your baby to the doctor. You're not sitting in a car with your incision, with a lap belt over it. Like, you know, it's just, it's just totally different. And so like, when I learned that, like, yet, you know, we're kind of just in there, just like, Hey, can you get your pre-baby body back and like go back to work now? I was just even more like like a like a righteous anger where I was like, no, we uh, <laughs> yeah. take care of women more than we do. Yeah. I get like that too. I get righteous anger. So like when I'm talking about it, I don't, I'm like, what I went through would have been preventable, you know, had I known more and had I had the support and had our culture been different. But like, yeah, after like eight weeks, I was expected to go back to work. I was still full blown like depression. I barely had had my staples. Well, no, you get your staples out like two, a week or two later, but like my incision was definitely still healing. Like it's insane. (laughs) Well, the company we used to work for before we started Boiling Racer, like while the girls were still working for, while I had transitioned, they didn't even give you maternity leave. There was maternity leave. You had to take a um, disability. They, yeah. So I had to do disability and then they were trying to do awful. (laughs) Yeah. And they said it was up to the state, which technically they were accurate because the state of Illinois, like something about only having three weeks or whatever. So I tacked on my vacation time and then I never came back. I was like, yeah, peace out. I'm not coming back. Yeah, peace. Yeah. So I was funny, but man, like I feel for sure. I feel like we fail women after they've had babies. It's just absolutely asinine to me. Yeah, I will. I just want to. Sorry, really quickly. I just want to give you and like 
women all over the place, just a little bit of grace, because like you said, if you had known, if you had studied, if you had learned, but there is like so much information that you're taking in up until the day that you have that baby. One of the problems is that we don't even think about postpartum until we're in it. So there was, you were probably learning about like breathing techniques and, you know, like you're taking your hospital tour and buying registry stuff, you know, whatever. Yeah. And you go through and you're like, oh, I'm going to, do I want a water birth? Do I want this? Like what options do I have? And then I ended up having a C-section, which I didn't study up on because I was like, oh, I won't need a C-section, but my baby was upside down. And so, yeah, I went into like shock because I wasn't prepared for it. And then afterwards I go through like this crazy depression. I don't know how to help myself. And if anything, I wasn't helping myself at all. And yeah, so I'm very passionate about this subject. I want like all women to know and be informed and know how to help themselves and know how to prepare. And, and that way you don't go through such hell or because you don't have to, it's preventable. There's a way through it. And I feel like number one is like for sure nourishing your body um, or knowing how to nourish your body and set yourself up for success because, you know, having a baby is hard enough. Really I was going to share really, uh, oh no, you're fine. I was going to share a quick story about, um, that will make you love Courtney even more. Oh, <laughs> let's do it. Just, <laughs> I just can pump your tires as full as they can be by then. Who knew I would be so full. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I obviously have never been pregnant and never had a baby, but, um, obviously my, now it's storming here. It's, uh, pouring now okay. here. I'm sharing with you. Um, so the first retrieval I had, I shared with Courtney this after the fact, but I obviously felt horrible the whole time. And I was like frequenting Chewy's like, you know, at least once, twice a week. And just like, not when I was cooking at home, I wasn't cooking poorly. I just wasn't like researching. I didn't even, the funny thing is I didn't even think to research what should I be eating during this time. Right. And I don't know if it's correlated. I have no idea, but I have to think that there's something to do with the fact that what I ate wasn't probably aiding in the production of these embryos. So I felt like crap the whole time. I remember the day before I actually went in, I just remember telling Phil, like, they say that you're going to feel really full because your ovaries are inflamed and like holding a lot of eggs. And the first retrieval, I had 21 eggs, which is a ton. And, but I just felt like, I felt like the eggs were in my throat. Like that's how miserable I was. I felt like I could almost like regurgitate them because I was like not eating great. Plus I was swollen. And then just like thinking back on that time, like Whitney and Tara was, we're, make, we're like laughing. Cause I would be like in my bed at 2 PM being like, I need a nap. And I've only been up and about for like three hours. Oh. So fast forward. We had this massive family emergency after I did my surgery and it like triggered this weird sense of what I now know is a post egg retrieval post. It's similar to postpartum depression. No one's ever like explained this. My like nurses and doctors didn't tell me this is an option, but when I like researched it and like read a bunch of like postpartum blogs, there's a ton of women that have gone through this. And then it's been confirmed by like doctors and stuff that it's, it's possible because it's so it makes me so angry. I know there's like this weird. Why is it? Why is it that the women are looking out for each other, but our doctors and our nurses are failing us and the information I 
Okay, I'm going to stop there because I will spit fire. I will spit fire. <laughs> so my sisters and I are trying to battle through the season where we're trying to watch my parents' two dogs who one of them we find out was actually dying. So that was a huge added stress. It was having to have all these shots. It went blind. Our dad had gone through this really traumatic reaction and had a seizure in a hot tub and broke both of his shoulders. I asked him if I'm allowed to say it. And he said he didn't care because he tells like servers at restaurants. And so he had to have double reconstructive surgery in Palm Springs. And we're back here being like, how the heck is our dad going to get on an airplane anytime soon? So we're trying to like manage keeping this dog alive until my parents get home to say goodbye. And it was just like, there was a lot of like comedy of errors. Tara's kids were here. One of them kept like two of them got ear infections. We ended up in like the prompt care. I mean, it was like thing after thing after thing. And meanwhile, Phil is in London at this time. So I'm home alone <laughs> giving dogs diabetes shots, like insulin shots. One of them's going blind. So it's just like this funny thing. But I literally was like, this is what it must feel like because I actually feel like a psycho. Like I would cry. Like Tara one at one point was like, I'm going to take Briggs and um, Briley into prompt care. Can you take the other two to target and let them pick out a shirt? Cause they were like, they had like um, tooth fairy money. And you would have thought that she asked me to drive them to Arizona. Like <laughs> it was in the same plaza. Like I didn't even have to get on a real road. Like it was like, just move no. far in the parking lot. My eyes were bulging out of my head. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. Like I don't. And Tara was like, it's, it's in the, it's in the parking lot. Like you just have to like swing around, but that was like the mental capacity at at which I was functioning out of. So anyways, fast forward, Whitney and I were on the phone and Whitney was like, you need to eat carrots because carrots bind to extra hormones and estrogen, and it'll help like flush out of your body. And so she's like, start getting like smoothie stuff and make a smoothie with carrots in it. And then just eat a bunch of carrots. And she's like, here, let me send you all this other stuff. So weirdly, Fast forward the next week, I find out all of my eggs from that transfer essentially failed. The chromosomes failed on every single one. And it was obviously devastating, but you had, you had called me and said like, I want to partner with you in this next retrieval. Cause basically they were like, the only way to get through this is to do it again and see whether or not something's wrong with us. And you were like, nutrition has to play a part in this. Like, let me cook for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a gift. Okay. Like, why am I crying? (laughs) (laughs) I've cried about it multiple times, so it's fine. We're all just going to cry about it. And Courtney's like trying to gift things to me. And I'm like, what do I owe you? And you're like, it's a gift. I'm like, what can I give you? And you're like, it's a gift. Like, stop. (laughs) You still gave me a spa gift certificate, which I'm still bitter about, but also grateful. So So anyways, I ate all of Courtney's meals and stuck to a really specific like list of things that you had said, like, I'm, you know, I'm technically a postpartum chef, but I've researched other, you know, doctors and nurse practitioners that are saying like, this is specific to IVF health. And like, it is just crazy. The night and day difference that I felt from like, I never had to take a nap, like the energy that I felt, I never felt like headaches or cloudy, like like brains from the first time I never had indigestion. 
I didn't have any pain in the injection sites, which was the other thing that I had an issue with as I was having like really bad burning and stinging. I didn't bloat and I had no, I didn't have a single symptom or cramp after the surgery, which the first time, the first three days after surgery, I was so crampy that I like wanted to die. It felt like I had PCOS symptoms. Like it was crazy. And the craziest part of all of this is one, I got more eggs. I got 24 and we fertilized. I know we fertilized nine and we ended up having all six be chromosomal abnormal. I'm sorry, normal, not abnormal. And all six didn't have the Pompeii gene, which is like unheard of because statistically we should have lost a quarter of each one. So the crazy part about all of this was during the whole episode, I had called my nurse and said, I feel nuts. And I, I, of course, cried with her on the phone. At this point, I'm crying every 30 minutes. So what else is new? And I said, is there something nutritionally I should be doing differently? Should I be doing something? Do I need to come in and get checked? Like, look at my blood work. And she was like, you're not nuts. Like, but let me tell you, like, let me get your actual nurse. That's like assigned to you to call you. And she suggested putting me on an antidepressant. That was the suggestion. And I was just like, that's going to make it worse. Like, it's just like, it's just confusing to a consumer or like a woman to be like, well, let's just, because they were like, your mood swings and what you're describing sound serious. So maybe medicating. I'm so triggered. I know it's, it's crazy. So anyways, that was the suggestion when in reality, the second cycle, I just saw that nutrition basically solved it. You know what I mean? Well, I remember when you told me that somebody, when you called, they were like, no, you don't have to eat anything different. Like just go about your life and like take the injections and that, and this was the first time. And I, my, I inherently am just like, I just want to like, be like, no, can't be right. But I, it also feels disrespectful. So I remember like holding my tongue and not saying anything. And then I went second time around. I really just wanted to be like, the reason I'm going to give this to you, besides the fact that like, I want to gift it to you is that I'm not going to push on you that I think I'm right and they're wrong. Right. But I just inherently because of my experience personally and my training and all of that, like, I just, I honestly don't agree whether it's right or wrong. I just don't agree. And so I was like, I want to support you, even if it's just, you know, anti-inflammatory, even if like it's all BS, at least we can help in that way, or at least it can help with the stress of like you having to think of what to eat, like whatever it may be. So part of me just wants to like reject any credit that anybody tries to give in this scenario because you were covered in prayer from so many people. And I, I feel like God gets literally all the glory for those six embryos that we are just like so excited about. And but I, I am so thankful to you also for just letting me like come alongside you and love you in that way. Cause that's really like, I told you this multiple times, but it's like, I know everybody who loves you wants to like do something, but there's nothing you can do, you know? And so I was like, honestly, just kind of out of desperation, like as your friend, I just, am like, this is the one thing I have to offer. So (laughs) let me offer It's true. And it is weird because especially when it's like a a DNA thing. You're like, I can't like help your DNA. Yeah. <laughs> what can I, I can do? do any of yeah. <laughs> no, it was clearly so helpful. Okay. The last thing I wanted to talk about, um, 
Or I have two more questions quickly because I know we're running close to an Sorry, hour. And I feel like I could just talk to you guys about this for hours. I know. And I know. I'm like, I just want to be respectful of your time I know. with Kevin. But um, do you feel like you have any suggestions about how to eat generally nourishing around a period? Like if a person is not, um, or just in general, do you find like that there's like a good rule of thumb for someone to eat horm- like around hormonal changes as well? It's, it's a little bit more involved than like a me saying like, yes, eat carrots. Like it's a little bit more involved, although that's not wrong at yeah. all. Um, so I have, I have PCOS. I was diagnosed in my early twenties and my practitioner was like, there's nothing you can do. Um, take these medicines forever and then get back to us if you want to try to have kids, but we're not sure you can. And that was, they just sent me on my way. And so in school was when I was like, I highly, I'm not going to sit on this medicine that does nothing to help the root of the problem. And I learned that a food has just inherent healing and nourishing properties that are therapeutic. But also I learned about cycle syncing, which Mm -hmm. really got me like, I think it was like my gateway into being passionate about women's health and nourishment in the first place, because I believe it almost completely healed me in my PCOS. I've never checked to see if there are cysts there anymore. I had like seven last time I checked, so I have no idea, but I've gotten pregnant twice and, you know, praise God. And most of my symptoms are gone. So I I don't have anything else to credit that with. So what is cycle syncing? Yeah. So sorry, cycle syncing is working with your body. So I feel like as women, we're kind of taught, like your body will betray you once a month and you just have to like fight through it and you're going to hate life. And you're taught that when you're like 13 or 12, (laughs) and then that's until you hit menopause. So, um, cycle syncing is more like, Hey, yes, things are can be harder during certain times of the month, but here's how you can actually like come alongside your body and be like, even though these things are happening, it actually means that my body's working. So that's encouraging. And how can I help it do what it's trying to do? Mm-hmm. And your symptoms, especially if they're really bad, it's a sign that there's an imbalance and there, again, there's a way you can partner with your body to help that. So what I would say is like, without getting super in the weeds here, if you Google cycle syncing foods, there's just going to be, it's so helpful. And it's like this week, eat berries, almonds, uh, lean fish, things like that. And it's, it also was really healing for me personally, because it's not about deprivation. It's not about like, these are the no-nos and it's, it's more about like, Hey, here's how you can add things to your diet. So you're really just thinking about like, okay, here's what I should have. And then you're not really like stressed about, oh no, I had this thing I'm not supposed to have. That's really like not the case. It's more like, oh, grapefruit and orange are like really on my side during my ovulatory phase. Mm -hmm. So it does take a certain element of like being aware of your body, but I would say every woman would benefit from knowing more about their cycle phases. Oh my gosh. We need like just a full episode of that alone. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, there are amazing resources out there too. So I do want to encourage like anybody listening. Who's like, that sounds like slightly interesting. There's amazing resources that for people who are fully dedicated to this, who will break it down in a way that's very easy to digest. Um, my 
Gateway was a woman named Alyssa Vitti, V-I-T-T-I. And if you just looked it up, you would find all of her stuff. But she wrote a book called Woman Code a long time ago. And it basically is centered around um, cycle syncing. And then she did one that's a little bit more like basic because Woman Code was about like, I have endometriosis, I have PCOS, I have these things. But let's say you're just a woman living life. She made a book called In the Flow. And it's really just about like, how can I be aware? How can I partner with my body? How can I realize that like my body and I can be a team and we're not like fighting against each other? That's really cool. Wow. I love that. (laughs) Sorry. I don't think that was like the succinct answer that you wanted, but I also just know there's like so much more info and I feel like it's there for people if they want it. Right. Well, and no, it's not like you can be like, here's an exact meal plan of what you should eat. Like at least gives people guidance of being like, oh, cycle syncing would at least give me a place where like, I'm sure there's a million things on Pinterest alone just by... Yeah. That that gives me like a jumping off point too, because I am fighting low thyroid situation. And I feel like I'm stuck and I like need, like I'm taking a thyroid supplement, but like my weight is not moving, even though I'm doing all these things. And so I'm like, okay, I need to clearly do something different that my body is enjoying. Yeah. But also like I'm inherently female, so I need to like know how to support phases. I know even like working out in like your luteal phase, you're supposed to be like, I can't remember. Is it like low, like rather than doing like a hit workout, it's more like low intense workouts. And then, yeah, yeah, there's just like different ways to support your body. And I'm like, I really need to be aware of these things so I can like actually support my health instead of like trying to go for weight loss and really just yeah. doing image. Well, and the root of it is empowerment too. It's like, it's not, I'm going to beat my body into submission until it gives me the weight I want or the clear skin that I want, or the, um, even the fertility that I want, you know, it's like, it's, it's really like, I actually feel empowered now mm-hmm. with the knowledge that I have with, with the, you know, tools that I have. And kind of working from that place. And it's more of a compassionate place within yourself, like compassion for yourself. Yeah. Okay. My last question for you, and then we'll wrap it up is, um, how do you feel like being a mom has changed all of this for you? And how are you balancing all of it? Because you are an entrepreneur and a business owner and you manage, like you said, three other, two to three other chefs. So there's a lot of balancing plus your husband tours. Yeah. (laughs) Kate and I have talked about entrepreneurship in general until we're blue in the face and like how it's just not for the faint of heart. So I know we're in good company here, but um, I would say, you know, when you, when I got pregnant with Waverly, actually, no, when I had Waverly was when I had that perspective shift of like, oh, like this person is really what matters. So Mm -hmm. it's not that I'm not going to do my job anymore because I still think my work matters. And like, I still am really passionate about it, but Mm -hmm. I now do it for her. I now do it so I can support her. I now do it because she is going to be a woman. You know, she's going to grow into a woman. Mm -hmm. And I still believe in all of that. So it kind of changed my motive overall, but also going through postpartum. Like I always um, advocated for myself as a, as a chef who wasn't, who had never had a baby who was specifically serving postpartum. I was like, I know it seems weird, but I promise like it's coming from a, like a naturally 
uh, nurturing place in me who's right. passionate about this. You know, I was like trying to always like convince people, like it seems weird, but it like, it feels natural to me. But once I had Waverly, I was like, okay. So there are some things that I've gotten fixated on work-wise that don't matter. And then some things that really matter and just, it did kind of reorient the business a little bit. Yeah. And then I will say like, kind of to bring it back to the ebook, it, it really like made it more of a pressing thing to have it be accessible to more people. So, you know, what I do is, is a luxury service. Like there's no like getting around it. It's a personal Mm -hmm. chef in your home, cooking all of your meals. Like it just is just Mm -hmm. like a night nurse is, you know, like everybody deserves a night nurse, but everybody does not get a night nurse, you know? Um, so I think like it's, I'm just really passionate about doing stuff that I'm like, okay, that most people can afford this price point. They can have this in their home. They can, you know, send a recipe to like a neighbor (laughs) or something. And for all of the recipes that I personally put out there that I really believe in that I've spent four years, you know, kind of like honing and like, they're literally the greatest hits. Like at the end of my time with a client, I have them send me like requests for what they want to have again before I leave. And these are those recipes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm still, I'm so passionate about it that like if somebody DMs me and they're like, I can't, uh, I bought the ebook, but I need more. I will send you 800 blog posts. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've like parsed the internet for like, what are some things that abide by our pillars of nourishment that are, um, that are already created. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are recipes out there. There are chicken soups. There are, you know, like, yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I created chicken soup, <laughs> you know? Right. So, so bringing it back to the ebook to close, what is the ebook and um, price point and everything and how do they find it? Yeah. So it's $9.99. It's 10 recipes. Like I said, they're the greatest hits. Um, and it is on my website. So my business, we did not talk about the name of my business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm such a bad host. <laughs> Could we have failed harder, you guys? Um <laughs> It's on me. It's on me. No, it's not. It's um, me. <laughs> my business is called Pour La Mer. If I were cr- using the correct French pronunciation, it would not sound like that. But I don't want to be that person who's like croissant, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it means for the mother in French. And so my website is pourlamer.com. And I have an Instagram and the link is like in the bio, literally takes you straight to the ebook. But um, yeah, I, I tried to make it as like, friendly user friendly as possible so when you go to the website it literally just says ebook up there you click on ebook it's 9.99 and you can it it's an ebook like i said so like it comes to your phone it comes to your tablet like it's yeah. it's there so if you wanted to make recipes from it as you're listening to this podcast you you could okay i have a question yeah. can you give us like a little sampling of like a day of food that you yeah. create or maybe like your number one requested meal. Okay. So I'll go off of like my most, one of my more recent clients and I'll kind of like also make it recipes that are available to people. So one of my clients loved our oat and chia porridge. So it's like a creamy oat dish. It's fortified with oats. You put like collagen in it to make it more protein, like nourishing with protein and 
It's like just incredibly comforting and nourishing, but then you make a berry compote that you just like spoon on top. So it's just like got the vibrance from the berries. It's creamy. It's comforting. Love that. So you could start your day with that. And then lunch. Let's okay. Wait, I'm like now drawing a blank. (laughs) Lunch we do. This is not on the ebook, but we do a lot of like, it's like a classic. It's called ginger fried rice. So it's like your basic fried rice, but it's been like, amped up with tons of anti-inflammatory ginger. Literally all of the vegetables in the world are in this dish. It's like bok choy, carrot, zucchini, mushroom, bell pepper, like all of them. And then protein of your choice. So, you know, I could do like pork belly sometimes when I'm feeling fancy, ground pork, chicken, tofu, whatever people need. And then for dinner, the most requested I would say is um, the balsamic braised short ribs. Mm-hmm. So they, I think people think they are like intimidating, but they're actually so easy. You sear them, you put them in a bath of like bone broth and balsamic vinegar amongst a few other things and you pop them in the oven. And in, if they're not breaking apart with a spoon, then they're just not done. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like people are like, I can't make short ribs. And I'm like, no, you, you don't have to make short ribs. They make themselves. Right. <laughs> um, and then that's served over like a root vegetable mash, which it, I just like love like a pillowy, like bed for anything. <laughs> so I'm like polenta or root veg mash is like always my go-to. Um, and then I will say the other most requested recipe, which, cause we always do a snack with Pearl Mare. So it's a oat and chocolate energy bite. It's got like sprouted oats, almond butter, coconut oil, flax meal, like all of the heavy hitters. And I find that a lot of moms appreciate like a grabbable, like snack that they can like just grab and go. (laughs) So that is, I mean, I have clients who are like, don't make me any other snack. Just make me that snack. Yeah. And that I remember, I remember watching Kaylee, Kaylee Dickerson's IG stories when you had made her stuff Uh and she had just had Remy and I had had ever like nine months prior to this. So I'm already like nine months, nine months postpartum. And I saw like you making this stuff for her. And I was like, oh my gosh, that looks freaking amazing. I'm like, so jealous. I'm like, why am I just now finding out about it? I was like drooling at her. Instagram. Oh my gosh. Oh, I know. So good. It does feel like a tease. Like it feels kind of mean, especially if somebody like is, you know, hasn't like figured out how to like, maybe they didn't prep food in advance. Like part of me feels like, I'm so sorry. Like I shouldn't be sharing food. Like I should just not. But. Yeah, it's great. I loved it. Well, and I, I actually, when my cousin had a baby, I had asked you, do you do like, which you don't do this because you just did this because we're friends, but you made like a little, um, yeah, like care package, which is also a cool idea for someone with the ebook, which they yeah. could do the energy bites. And then you did bone broth and then like a tea for yep. Katie. I think yeah. wasn't it? And you did yeah. like lactation cookies and then the like energy bite bars. I think you gave me both. Exactly. And then, um, and you even like put it in a basket. I feel like you like did like all. I the feel like I put it in a bag. No, I feel like you did something fancy. I hope so. Um, but it was like above and beyond, and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is like such a thoughtful. And it was. It was such a cool thing to gift. And it's actually the reason I want to mention it is because it would be a really easy thing yeah. for someone to put together if they bought the ebook where they could make those cookies for the mom or the, like you said, the snack bars or even add 
Um, do you have the recipe for the teas and the bone broth and stuff or do you do yeah, that? There's not recipes for the bone broth. Um, but on my Amazon, I have an, a shoppable Amazon now mm-hmm. and I have any of those like accessible bone broths. Cause it's, that is such a labor of love. If somebody mm-hmm. wants to make bone broth, they can just DM me and I'll, I'll like happily tell them what to do. Good. But most people probably don't have the time to do that. And I just have some that I like really trust that are out there that you can just snag from the store. Good call. That's a good point. Yeah. And so, yeah, you put it in like cute mason jars and like labeled it and all the things. So that was really like, that was such a cool thing to give. That's actually like really practical for a mom too. And like, literally I remember Katie like opened it and instantly she took out a cookie and ate it. She was like, like, this is perfect. I'm hungry right this second. So it was like amazing. Like she was like, one, these taste really good. And I have to nurse soon. So it's like, that. I will give like, I'll give like a couple quick little tips too for like takeaways if anybody wants them. And I'm so sorry. I like moved into my room because oh, my husband fine. got back way early, but um, the, <laughs> she's yelling for me outside the door. <laughs> so the first would be um, like, don't be afraid to like branch out outside of just like dinner. Mm-hmm. So a mom might actually be having a really hard time feeding herself breakfast to start the day. Cause when you wake up, everything just like literally snowballs from there. So, you know, maybe you could make muffins, maybe you could make baked oatmeal or um, anything along those lines. Frittata, there's a frittata recipe in the book. So my first re- like recommendation would be like, don't be afraid to like do a snack, do a tea, do a lunch, a breakfast. Like it doesn't all have to be like the dinner mentality that I think we're used to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another one would just be like, kind of raise your awareness outside of what we think is healthy. So you actually don't want to take a salad or, or smoothie like kits or anything like that. Cause the body needs warmth to heal. Mm -hmm. So you want to think like soup, stew, braised meat, um, cooked vegetables, soft things. It's tough to feed a postpartum mom in the summer, but like it can be done even if it's just like room temp, you know, like, but don't, and don't be afraid of like, there's no food group that you want to like, just be afraid of. So like fats have a major purpose in balancing hormones and in brain health, which as we know, like mood disorders abound in postpartum. So, um, protein plays a really valuable role. Carbohydrates are important. You know, like this is not a time to be like, I'm low carb. It's like, no, you need everything. Your body will use literally anything that it get you give it. So like, just, you know, that's not to say like eat a bunch of like white sugar and like drink bottles of champagne, but like the, the main macronutrients that exist, it's not time to be low fat. It's not time to be low carb, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then I would say like fluids are just key. I think we forget that like moms are just massively dehydrated at all times. So I like to sneak those little element packets. They're like, uh, a lot of people go for liquid IV, but I like element a little bit better. It's just got like a little bit less of the artificial and a little bit more of like, it's got like salt in it, which your body really needs, which is awesome. So I like to sneak those in, but you could do like coconut waters. You could do teas, bone broths, um, element packets, water, like whatever. But yeah, those are my three little, if anybody is like wrapping this up and they're like, what can I literally, what can I tangibly do right now? No, that's actually really helpful. I also find element to be less, like it has salt in it, but I find liquid IV to be incredibly salty. Oh, is it? I didn't even, I guess I haven't had it in a while. It's like salty and it's like, 
it assaults your taste bud. Now, with that being said, element is straight up salt, but you can do like half a packet. Yeah. Like a full packet a day. Yeah. But yeah. I do lots of water in my element too. I'm like, I know you said 10, but I'm going to do 20 ounces. Yeah. I feel like I drank it in like my Stanley, which was 40. So I definitely like watered it down, which maybe that was my issue with, um, liquid IV. Oh yeah. They're looking to sponsor us. They still can because (laughs) (laughs) we're here. (laughs) Okay. You guys. So just to recap your, your Instagram is poor la Your website is poor la and your link to um, the ebook is on your Instagram. So if they want to find it, it's $9.99. It's under 10 bucks and you can bless yourself or bless a friend or both. Thank you so much for having me y'all. And I mean, I feel like let's just do another one where we can talk about like women's health in general. Cause I would for love sure that. we need to go on that, that whole, that whole rabbit trail as well. I would love that. We can be like Joe Rogan and have like a four hour episode and just have everyone <laughs> buckle in. We'll I feel behind. like we're already like en route to that with this one. So <laughs> sorry. For sure. We'll have to do a part two very yeah. soon. Yeah. Yes. No, thank you so for, much for having me. being on and sharing all of your knowledge. I feel like even I gleaned a lot from that, which was, it's so fun to hear like, like Whitney said, your ministry and what God's gifted you with and how helpful it is to so many people. So hopefully this reaches you know, a couple other hundred mamas that need some help. And um, because the ebook is so affordable, I think it's such a cool, tangible way for someone to get in on the information, which is great. So, all right. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sisterhood Society podcast. You can find this podcast anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, obviously Spotify, YouTube, Apple, and we're also on some other ones. Uh, I can't remember the name. So if you guys want to leave us a five-star review, make sure to do that on Apple and let us know what you thought of this episode. And we will see you on the next one. Bye.